Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. No one is more locked From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Yeah, Danny, the other thing about what stood out to me about free agency that I would say I've um, that's been apparent to me is the teams that said that they didn't want to trade for Lamar Jackson have backed that up with quarterback signings. Now they haven't gone out and and in like spent frivolously or in some kind of like reckless way on guys, but they've filled out their depth chart. So Atlanta brought Heineke in. So now they've got Heineke and Ritter. So Washington signs Brissett. Now they've got Brissett and Howell. It's like the teams that we thought, okay, this might be a team even though the initial reporting was, okay, they're out on Lamar Jackson. Well, now those teams have gone out of their way to fill those slots. They're not even like, well, let's pursue Jackson, and if that doesn't work out, we'll circle back to Heineke or Brissett. No, they were proactive, and they brought those guys in. So I think he's stuck. I I agree. I I said it last time, man. I Someone has to tell me, and you said Washington, and it's a fair argument, and I know a lot of people keep wanting to say Atlanta, but someone needs to tell me which fan base is supposed to do backflips over giving up two first-round picks and $200 million guaranteed, or just say $190 million guaranteed. Say he's got to beat Kyler Murray's contract, which was $189.5 million guaranteed. Yep. But I, I got to assume that he wants to do that at a minimum. Uh Who's beating Kyler Murray's contract and giving up two first-round picks, and you're positive it's a good move? I thought Daniel Jeremiah made what I thought was one of the better points on this whole conversation when he was talking about the Colts. And he said, if you're Indy, you're probably right now facing a dilemma where if you stay where you are, you're, you're going to get the third quarterback 
Carolina, Houston, and you're going to get best at best if you stay if you stand pat the third quarterback. Or you could try to move up, but that's that ship looks like it's sailed, right? I mean, Houston's could, not going to Yeah, I mean, the only thing you could I mean, you could move up to 3. Right. To, to to Arizona, but you're not you're not moving up with Houston in your own division, and you're overwhelmingly likely not moving up with Carolina. So his point was, if they were willing, at least in theory, to move up to one to get an unproven quarterback and give up first round picks, why wouldn't they just do that to get Lamar Jackson? Just sign him to the contract and give up the ones to get him. And now you've got Lamar Jackson instead of a question mark quarterback. Yeah, I mean, of course, the difference is $200 million guaranteed. Yeah. You get, you get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or whomever on the rookie deal and you'd get Lamar on the and, ma- on the massive contract with draft picks to help him. Right. So if I'm Indy, I would rather take Anthony Richardson with that pick and give up no draft capital and still have all that money to spend than make that trade. The other thing I thought that Jackson made a mistake with this week was talking about, well, you know, I need an agent. I turned down three years, $133 million guaranteed. Lamar, if that was such a good deal that you're bragging about saying no to, why did you turn it down? He's like, I'm such a good negotiator. I already got $133 million guaranteed. Why are you like, why are you complimenting yourself for a negotiation where they offered you a deal that you still said no to? Do you know what I mean? Well, to be I, honest, I didn't totally understand the tweets because Schefter was saying that it was like three for 133, but then there was like another guarantee of a signing. And then there was like a de facto injury guarantee that put it up near 200 million. But Lamar was saying, no, it was three for 133. But Schefter was like, yeah, but it was the 133 plus the this plus the that. And Schefter's not just making that up. Obviously, that's a Raven source giving it to him, but yeah. he's not making it up. So, like, did Lamar just leave that out? And he, like, completely dismissed, like, the they're not they're not 100% guarantees, but they are, in essence, guaranteed. Because, like, you're not signing Lamar to that contract and he's not going to be on your team in 12 months. Like, that'd be ridiculous. So, I, I just, that whole, Lamar doing all of the, like, cryptic social media stuff it's that's too much to read into right now like I just I think he is going back to Baltimore and I don't know what number he has in his mind because he's not speaking to it but he was like see I don't need an agent yeah you do man you could probably hire an agent to take a one percent commission on this deal and just remove the headache from your life that's got to be worth a million bucks to you got to be give me the as a way to wrap a bow around all this give me the deal you like the most from free agency well, yeah there's a few more uh, but I thought that what the Giants did getting Darren Waller was great oh I hated it really yeah I hated it he's the best pass catcher on the team well okay that's like the lowest bar in the world to clear but if you need Daniel Jones to be good and there were no good receivers on the open market like it I I looked at it as a similar thing to obviously on a smaller scale of the Bears adding DJ Moore they figured out a way 
to acquire an elite pass catcher. I don't look at him as an elite player. Who aligns with the timeline of their quarterback if their quarterback is real. And it was for the hundredth pick in the draft. Like that to that that to me just made all of the sense in the world. Uh the guy was incredible a couple of years ago. He's fallen off two years with ago. Josh McDaniels. Okay. Now he's got Brian Dable. Great. Okay. Before that, he had John Gruden. I mean, the last two, he's in his 30s. He's an old player. I know some tight ends have played well into their 30s, like Kelsey, obviously, yeah. is a legend, and Tony Gonzalez as well, and guys like that. But I don't know, man. Like, the Giants seem to be putting a lot of stock in a year where they advance deep in the playoffs, but honestly, we're not that good of a football team. And no, they were not. Played, they were not. Right. So adding a tight end in his 30s, to me, is not the answer at all. He's not a blocker whatsoever. He's just a wide, he's just a wide receiver in a tight end's body. That didn't move the needle for me whatsoever. It does not make me think the Giants are like a team that is on the ascent and is going to improve on last year or match last year at all. Did not do that for me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. My favorite, my favorite deals, Orlando Brown. I know they paid a lot for him, but that the Bengals are going for it, and they're like, whatever. He's the best offensive tackle out there. Right tackle, left tackle, pass blocker, run blocker. We don't care. We're paying full freight to get her. And I thought it was under. I thought it was underpriced. Given what Juwan Taylor got from the Chiefs, you're getting this guy for $16 million a year. I love that move by them. Did you see the Schefter report that the league views him more as a right tackle than a left tackle? I buy that because he was better at right tackle in Baltimore. But so that that's what interested me about it. The Chiefs signed Jawan Taylor to protect the most valuable asset in the NFL, who is Pat Mahomes, who is a right tackle for the Jaguars. And they signed him and immediately said he's going to be our left tackle. So they let Orlando Brown go, who they franchise tagged at left tackle and won a Super Bowl with at left tackle. And now Orlando Brown is being talked about that he needs to be a right tackle. So I'm not sure if he's playing left tackle or right tackle for the Bengals. And he got the huge signing bonus. Not a single human being at the end of the year thought Jawan Taylor was a better offensive lineman than Orlando Brown. I, I know this. I know that Chiefs fans were not upset to see Orlando Brown go. And he in that Jaguars game, he looked terrible. He did. Uh, in the playoffs. He looked good in the Super Bowl, but that was because the pass rushers for the Eagles kept slipping on the damn field. Um, and Chiefs fans not at all sad to see him go. They like Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey and Joe Thune more. So I just... I think it's getting too cute on Kansas City's part. That's it, my personal take on it. It shocked me. But I never, I, I had no idea, like, that it, it's like some next level galaxy brain scouting. Like, our left tackle is not good enough 
he should be a right tackle. Their right tackle is good enough to be our left tackle. Like, never saw that one coming. Um, what do you make of the argument? Because I saw you hated the Edmonds signing for the Bears. Yes. What do you make of the argument that at 6'5", 250, with the freakish athleticism and length, that in the modern NFL, where your base defense, like the Bears' base is a 4-3, but really you're always in nickel because teams are running three wide receiver sets, so you're taking a linebacker off the field, that the most valuable thing for linebackers now are the linebackers who are not a liability in coverage. So that so his length and pass coverage grade is the tops for any linebacker, inside linebacker in football. And that's what they're doing. It's to help the pass defense. And the fact that he doesn't sack the quarterback or force fumbles, like that's not really what it is. It's to be that rover in the middle of the field who's like a deterrence for the short, quick passing game that dominates the league these days. I don't buy it at all. I think it's, I, I think it's, I think it's again, overthinking a situation, you know, the bills, they haven't won a super bowl, but they've got a defensive head coach. I think he prefers Milano to Edmonds. I think if he had, I think if he had his pick and they did, they kept Milano, they let Edmonds walk. I thought Edmonds was atrocious in the playoff game against the Bengals. He looked like he was a rag doll out there. Even given that size, he was getting manhandled by backup offensive linemen that day. I thought he left me lacking and probably made for me a lasting negative impression with the way he played in that game. Um, I just think the I just think the inside linebacker is turning into the defense equi- defensive equivalent of the running back. And are there running backs that make a huge difference and are, you know, like Derrick Henry, guys that turn teams from good to great? Sure. But there aren't many. And we see examples all the time to teams without great running back play who win championships. So that's just my issue. Like, it just seems like if inside linebacker were such an important position, whether, you know, you're trying to play him situationally or three downs, that the league would value the position more. And I would not want to be the outlier team that pay out. I don't want to be the outlier team that pays a running back. And I don't want to be the outlier team that plays it pays an inside linebacker. I was shocked that it happened. But then when some of the, you know, the brainiac football people were basically making the argument that, you know, in the bears division, they got the Vikings and the Packers who want to, you know, uh, they want to get you a nickel to run. They want to get you in your base to pass. And that's what they do. So you've got to have these coverage linebackers that can stay on the field and defend both. I was like, huh, that's interesting. He's four inches taller than Roquan Smith. They got a second round pick for Roquan. Roquan cost a few more million dollars per year. So they get two linebackers for the price of one and a second round pick. Let me ask you this question. Would you rather have Orlando Brown or Tremaine Edmonds right now as a Bears fan? I, I would have, I would have said, uh, based on just the Chiefs fans who don't like Orlando Brown, I would have said Tremaine Edmonds. Um, but I thought they wanted – I thought the Bears were getting Mike McGlinchey. So I would have said Mike McGlinchey over both of them, frankly. 
And they apparently finished second in the, the bidding. Man, these Chiefs play. fans really brainwashed you on Orlando Brown thinking that he sucks. Yeah. Power to, power to the Chiefs fans out there. Yeah. Why didn't you listen to me when I told you Chase Claypool sucked? I did. Well, okay. I did. Dude, generally speaking, if a fan base is happy to see a guy go, they stink. When the Bears added Jermaine Effetti and you searched him on Twitter and it was just 10,000 Seahawks avatars people saying congratulations on your next holding penalty. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> this guy's not going to be any good. Uh, we'll come right, on Danny. big news. We'll do it weekly throughout the offseason. Tell a friend. Thanks to Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review, first and pod.